So let's dedicate this session to our beloved spiritual master, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami Srila Prabhupada, the founder of Acharya of Iskorn. So these are the Pranam Mantras. So kindly join your palms and please repeat the Pranam Mantras along with me. <clears throat> Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Shreemate Bhakti Vedanta Shreemate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Nitinamine Swamin Nitinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Shunyavadi Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Pashyat Deshata Rine Pashyat Deshata Rine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Prabhu
can liberate all of us. So Krishna is going to share some more very important in, insights about the transcendental knowledge. So verse number 35. So Achyutanji, you can unmute yourself and let's chant the next shloka that is verse number 35. So let me display that on the screen. Alright. So verse number 35. Achyutanji, you can unmute yourself. Very, very important shloka. You are ready? Yes. Yajnatvana punar moham Yajnatvana punar moham Evam yasyasi pandava Evam yasyasi pandava Yena bhutanya sheshani Yena bhutanya sani Drakshasyatmanya tomai We'll do this once again. Yajnatvana punar moham. Evam yasyasi pandava. Ena bhutanya sheshani. Drakshasatmanya tomai. Wonderful. Please read the translation by yourself. And when you have thus learned the truth, you will know that all living beings are but part of me and that they are in me and, and are mine. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Great. So we also have Umakumar Saran joining us on YouTube. So wonderful to have you after a long time, Umakumar, and I hope that you are doing well. So this is a very, very interesting shloka. So here Krishna is saying, Yajnatvana punar moham. Moham means illusion. You know, many times we are illusioned, especially when you are going on a highway and you see on the road that there is that mirage. You feel as if it is water, but it is not water. But you feel that there is water. Similarly, in the desert, many times you see that there is water far away, but it is not water because in desert you will not get any water. And many times you will also have some optical illusions. Many things, many times you see that, oh, it is a rope, but you consider that it is a snake and you become fearful. So many times we are illusions. So Krishna is saying here, Yajnatvana punar moham, evam yasyasi pandava. So, it is said that, and when you have thus learned the truth, now you will know that all living beings are part and part of me, and that they are they are me and are mine. So, thus learned the truth means that in the previous shloka we have very beautifully understood that knowledge, thus truth means the knowledge that we have acquired from a tatvavit. Uh, the knowledge that we have acquired from a spiritual master, a realized transcendental personality is what will actually make us understand that every living entity is actually the part and parcel of Krishna. Very, very important. This is the first shloka in the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna is revealing that every living entity is my part and parcel. 
So previously Krishna has said that oh this uh, material nature is belonging to me, uh, karma has to be offered to me, yagna has to be done for my pleasure. Those things are mentioned in the previous verses, but this is the first loka where Krishna is saying that every living entity, not just in this universe, in every universe, are actually my part and parcel. In the upcoming chapters, although Krishna is going to say this, but this is the first verse in the Bhagavad Gita where Krishna is indicating that every living entity is actually his part and parcel. Such an important thing, you see. And not just that, what Krishna is trying to stress in this verse is, this jnana, this transcendental knowledge that you have received from the spiritual master will destroy all the illusion that you have in life. So any illusion that is there, the dualities, many times in life we are uh, battling with dualities to do or not do. So all these kind of illusions will vanish when we do proper seva and understand this knowledge from a spiritual master. So only when we have such knowledge, transcendental knowledge, divya jnana that we have received from the spiritual master, a guru, that is when we will be able to free ourselves from illusion. Otherwise it is not possible, my dear devotees. Please understand. Many people, they think that there is no need of Guru. I can read Bhagavad Gita myself and I can understand Krishna and I will go and get liberated. It is not possible. It is not just an example set by Krishna himself because you see Krishna himself, when he came on this planet, he accepted a spiritual master Sandip Nimuni. Not just that, he also did Pranipata, Pariprasna and Sevaya. Krishna himself actually paid a lot of respects to his spiritual master. He asked questions, he learned 64 hours in 64 days. And then he also did Sevaya. He did so much Seva to his Guru. He used to go to the forest and collect the firewood and do all these things. So much of Seva he has done. So now, it is important to have a spiritual master and this is confirmed in the Srimad Bhagavatam also. In the Bhagavad Purana, it is very nicely said that how only by spiritual master we can go to Krishna. Spiritual master acts like a transparent via medium between you and the Supreme Lord. The spiritual master acts like a transparent via medium, just like a glass. The glass will not obstruct anything from the opposite side. Everything that comes from the light, the, from the source of light, will be passed through, through the glass. So similarly, anything, all the mercy that Krishna is giving to us, will automatically be transferred by the glass. This is confirmed in the Srimad Bhagavatam. I want to show those shlokas to all of you. Very, very beautiful shloka. This is uh, coming in the 5th canto, the 12th chapter and the 12th verse where there is a discussion between Rahugana, the king Rahugana and Jadabharat. Now, I have explained to you earlier also that how Bharat Maharaj, Bharat Maharaj who was the king, the emperor of the whole planet, this planet earth, had actually gone to do tapasya, but then he got attached to this deer, a small baby deer, the fawn, and then at the point of death, he was thinking of the deer and in the next life he became the deer. But then he realized, oh, what a big mistake I have done. And again, he was given another chance. And he came back and took birth as Jadabharat. And Jadabharat was totally 
uh, ignore, he was totally indifferent to all the things that were happening. People used to call him names. He was acting like a fool, but he was a self-realized soul. So once this uh, king Rahuguna was actually taking uh, his entourage to was passing through this particular place where Jadabharat was staying, and then it so happened that they needed a person to carry the palaki of this king Rahuguna, and that is when. Uh, Jada Bharat was called because they saw him and Jada Bharat while he was carrying the palki of Rahuguna, Rahuguna felt a lot of disturbance, the turbulence in the palki, it was not moving very smoothly and he asked the soldiers, what's happening, why are you so uh, carrying it not properly and that is when they said that no, this particular new person, uh, Jada Bharat, uh, he is not able to carry properly Then the king was angry and he asked Jada Bharat, why are you not carrying it properly, you, you look very strong then he says, no my dear uh, king, there are so many ants there and I cannot actually trample and uh, walk on them. I don't want to kill them, that's why I was trying to avoid killing these uh, little creatures. So Rahugana made a little fun, but then that is when this Jada Bharat speaks very beautiful, wonderful knowledge, transcendental knowledge to this king Rahugana. And Rahugana then becomes a very nice devotee. So one of these words of Jada Bharat where he says very nice thing he says here that Rahu Ganaita Tapasanayati Na Chejaya Nirvapanagrahadva Na Chandasanayva Jalagni Surya Veena Mahatpadarajobishekam So the translation goes very nice I will read this please listen very carefully Oh my dear King Rahuguna, unless one has the opportunity to smear his entire body with the dust of the lotus feet of great devotees, one cannot realize the absolute truth. So just see, in the previous shloka we understood, Tad vidhi pranipatena pariprasnena sevaya upadekshanti te jnanam jnaninastasvadarshina So if you want to understand the tattva jnana, you have to approach tattva with the same thing is explained here you have to take the dust of the lotus feet of great devotees otherwise you cannot realize absolute truth one cannot realize the absolute truth simply by observing celibacy brahmacharya strictly following the rules and regulations of a householder life leaving home as a vanaprastha accepting sannyasa or undergoing severe penances in winter by keeping oneself submerged in water or surrounding oneself in summer by fire and the scorching heat of the sun. There are many other processes to understand the absolute truth, but absolute truth is only revealed to one who has attained the mercy of the Lord. So this is so very important. I think it was not shared. Let me do that once again. I'm so sorry. So this was the translation. It's very, very beautiful to understand Please understand that without the help of a spiritual master, without having the mercy, the dust of the lotus feet of great devotees, it is difficult to understand the absolute truth. And the very same thing is also uh, described by Prahlad Maharaj in the seventh canto. Now Prahlad Maharaj is also very beautifully offering the prayers, and in Prahlad Maharaj's prayers, that is in canto 7, chapter 5, verse number 32, the same thing is being mentioned. Let me uh, show that to all of you on the screen. 
नैषामतिस्तावुक्रमांग्रीं स्पर्शक्तनर्तापगमोयदर्त महीयसाजोभिषेक निष्किंचनाटीरियलिस्टिकॉन्शियस and taking shelter at the lotus feet of the lord in this way can one be freed from material contamination just see so unless we take the mercy of a spiritual master a vaishnava you cannot get completely free from the material contamination and what do i mean material contamination material contamination means to think that i am this body that ahankara and mamakara oh i am this body and everything belongs to me so this is material contamination but if you want to become free from this material contamination then we need to approach a vaishnava a vaishnava means the devotee of vishnu so only a purified devotee can actually make us free from material contamination and this is why krishna has started this guru parampara gps system right the very first second shloka of this chapter krishna has explained that evam parampara praptam it is so very important to have in coming in contact with the parampara is so important without parampara the knowledge is not revealed to us it's extremely important to accept the spiritual master so this is why there is so much of importance given to a guru in our tradition we should never never try to go beyond the spiritual master any time anybody who wants to accept the supreme lord without the spiritual master even the lord will not accept the lord will accept us and our service only through the medium of the spiritual master in practical spirituality when we were discussing i told you that when we are offering the food to the lord we don't offer food to krishna directly we offer it to the spiritual master first and the spiritual master in turn offers it to chaitanya mahaprabhu chaitanya mahaprabhu in turn offers the food to supreme lord radha and krishna so this is the process of parampara extremely important so now what krishna is saying here that anybody who understands this truth this truth will actually will understand that every living entity is part and parcel of me they are in me and they are all belonging to me they are coming from krishna is the source of all the living entities so just imagine this transcendental knowledge this gyana received from the spiritual master the first thing is you will know that we all belong to the supreme lord krishna so if you know that every living entity is actually part and parcel of krishna will you think of actually harming them just like in your family you don't harm anyone because you have a common father you think that oh this is my brother and sister so when you understand that krishna is the supreme father of every living entity you will not think of harming your own brother and sister including the animals because animals are also your brothers and sisters in different forms so this is actually having a broader vision of life this is what the spiritual knowledge does to us so 
uh, we should with full enthusiasm uh, understand that if at all you want to progress in spiritual life then a disciple should do these three things at least pranipata pariprashna and sevaya and any devotee any disciple who slackens in pranipata pariprashna and sevaya if any disciple of a spiritual master although he has received the divya gnana he has to continue the process of pranipata it's not that okay now guru has given me the divya gnana from now on i will not do pranipata to my spiritual master no 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 that is duryodhana mentality that oh i have received all the knowledge from dronacharya now i don't need him you know i can disrespect him that is what he did so that is not what we require pranipata should continue pariprashna should continue and sevaya to the spiritual master should continue but when you slacken in these three things that is when we will fall back into illusion now krishna is saying yagnatvana punarmoham you will not fall back into illusion if you receive this knowledge but you have received this knowledge but if you don't continue respecting pranipata pariprashna and sevaya then there is every chance that you will again fall back into illusion so that is why we have to be very careful so walking on a razor's edge that is spiritual life spiritual life means you are so careful you have to be so careful just imagine you are walking on a sword you have to be very careful little inattention it will cut you so spiritual life is also like that you need to be extreme we all have to be extremely careful little slacken here and there oh chalega little then gone we will fall back into illusion that is how it is because our environment is fully illusory we are surrounded by illusory energy in that we are trying to practice spiritual life very very difficult but in the spiritual world it is not like that in the spiritual world everything is your whole environment is spiritual you will feel so wonderful everything is very natural there practicing spirituality is very natural in the spiritual world but here it is very unnatural so we have to be very careful in this way so yena bhutana sheshani drakshyatmani atomahi all the living entities are my part and parcel so that is why oh arjuna because they are all my part and parcel you should not get bewildered by so called relationship oh my grandfather bhishma my guru dronacharya my brothers no all these are simply some material attachments and relationships but you should know that actually they all belong to me they are my part and parcel and i am telling you you should fight just see so krishna is giving a broader picture here first thing is soul is never going to die so krishna is also saying that relationship that so called relationship that you are talking don't get illusioned by the relationship that you have instead you see them from my perspective you see that i am their father and considering me as the father of all the living entities with that relationship when you see then you will be able to fight with them for establishing dharma so this is how we need to see every situation in connection with krishna when we see everything in connection with krishna our illusion goes away so this is what very beautifully krishna has explained so please understand tatva gnana means it is possible only through uh, okay we also have vinod chandan ji thank you so much dev and uma kumar also has joined us great very nice so this is how we cannot neglect spiritual master 
this is extremely important so let's go to the next verse now that is verse number 36 very very interesting words so let's display that words on the screen and uh, hina mata ji can uh, unmute yourself and let's go and chant verse number 36 a very interesting words again yes so yes अभिचेदसी पापेभ्य सर्वेभ्य पापकृतम ज्ञान प्लवेन वृजीणम सतरीष्यसी ज्ञान प्लवेन वृजीणम सतरीष्यसी ट्रांसेंडेंटल बोट ऑफ नॉलेज so here this transcendental knowledge is referred to as a boat you see sarvam gnana plavenaiva gnana plavenaiva plava means boat so gnana plavenaiva means a boat of transcendental knowledge so apicherasi papebhya sarvebhya papakrittamah sarvam gnana plavenaiva vrijinam santarishyasi so krishna is saying that oh my dear arjuna all my dear disciples and devotees please understand krishna is saying just somehow or other by hook or crook just board onto this gnana plavenaiva just get into this boat of transcendental knowledge and it is my responsibility that i will take you back home back to god i will row this boat to the other side of this material world where you will get into the spiritual world so krishna is so eager he is very eager than us to take us back to the spiritual world so he is saying that you just have to somehow board this spiritual transcendental boat of knowledge so all of you have already done that now so since last one year you have actually got into the board you have got into this boat of transcendental knowledge so every time when we are actually climbing this boat krishna is personally rowing this boat now now krishna is saying this is very very important you just have to climb you just have to be into this boat make an attempt to be on the boat many people are there you know we keep sending messages and everybody uh, please join the session but they don't but here is a chance where they can climb this boat and krishna will personally help all of us to get into the other side of this ocean now there is lot of meaning here what is krishna saying he is saying that he is saying 
Nityanand Prabhu and Haridas Thakur thought, oh, this is a great opportunity for us to preach to these greatest sinners. Because if these great sinners, if they can become devotees, then, and they take up the chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, that will be the greatest glorification of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. If we can somehow make these sinners devotees, then that will be amazing. So, <laughs> the mood of a devotee is like this. So, when you see uh, the sinners outside, you should have compassion. That is the basis of dharma. The basis of dharma is compassion. It is the root. Now, if there is no compassion, how can you call yourself a brahmana? A brahmana means, one of the qualifications is compassion. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his disciples were having this compassion on all the fallen souls. And when Nityanand Prabhu Haridas Thakur, they saw this Jagayan Madai, both these brothers, they went there to liberate, to deliver these two brothers. And when they did so, trying to preach to this Jagai and Madai, these two brothers, they were, they were already in the drunken state, they got angry. And they took this uh, earthen pot and then they threw at Nityanand Prabhu and it hit the forehead of Nityanand Prabhu and blood started oozing out. Now he was hurt, but still Nityanand Prabhu said, Oh my dear Jagai and Madai, please chant this holy name. Please chant this holy name in spite of getting hurt from them. And later on, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes and then he wanted to kill Jagai and Madai through Sudarshan Chakra. Nityanand Prabhu said, My Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, please don't. Because in this avatara of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you have promised that you will not lift any weapon. So please do not kill them. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Okay, I will not, but they have to take chanting. And Jagai and Madai understood that uh, what a great sin they have committed. So in this Kali Yuga, the greatest weapon that Krishna has given is the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So the greatest of the sinners can be delivered. So please understand, when we board onto this uh, boat of uh, knowledge, transcendental knowledge, it's very easy for Krishna to row this boat and take us on the other side, the spiritual world. So we have to give a chance to Krishna. But Krishna cannot uh, force us or impose things on us. It has to come from us. He has given us the free will. It is whether it's your choice, whether you want to get into the boat or not. Right? So this jnana, so another very important thing about this shloka, which we need to understand. So Krishna is saying, Sarvebhya papakrittamaha. What does it mean? That means all my papaha is destroyed. So we have to understand that every living entity, you, me, and everybody, we all have three kinds of karma. Every living entity has three kinds of karma. Now, that is called prarabdha karma, it is called sanchit karma, and then there is something called as aghami karma. So, prarabdha, there is sanchit karma, and then there is aghami karma. What is sanchit karma? Now, sanchit karma means all the karma, good, bad, everything, all the karma that you have performed and the resultant reaction of all the previous lives is called Sanchit Karma. It is your bank balance, the karma bank balance. That is Sanchit Karma. What is Prarabdha Karma? Prarabdha Karma means certain quota, certain portion of your Sanchit Karma is allotted to you in this particular lifetime. 
for this lifetime as Vinodji, as Achyutanji, as Dev, as Hinamataji, as Umakumar, as Rasagnadas, we all have been allotted something from the Sanchit Karma that yes, this is the quota of happiness and distress you have to experience in, <coughs> in this lifetime. So this is called Prarabdha Karma. This is why there is uh, something called as destiny. So when an astrologer sees, he sees your Prarabdha Karma. Oh, this is what is going to come into your life. Then there is Agami Karma. Agami Karma means on a day-to-day -day basis we are making choices and we are performing karma and there is a reaction for that. So this reaction which we make it right now or not, the actions that we are performing, this is called Aghami Karma. So what's happening here, please understand, when Krishna is saying that Sarvebhya Papakrittamaha, it means that all your Sanchit Karma will be destroyed. Your Aghami Karma will be destroyed, but not your Prarabdha. That allotted Karma which is given to you in this lifetime, you have to experience. But Krishna is saying, your Sanchit Karma and your Aghami Karma will be destroyed. This is the meaning when he says that Sarvebhya Papakrittamaha means that he is going to destroy your Sanchit Karma and Aghami Karma. But Prarabdha has to be faced, even if you are onto this board. So this is what we understand from this particular sloka. Extremely important, very very important. I have a very beautiful sloka to show all of you uh, related to this uh, particular uh, discussion that we are having. And this is coming from uh, the 11th canto of uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam. It is 11.20.17. So very beautiful shloka, it is said here Madhyam Sulubham Sudurlabham Plavam Sukalpam Gurukarnadharam Mayanukule Nanabhas Pateritam Puman Bhavabdim Natareta Atmaha So here also very interestingly this word Plavam Sukalpam So here also it is said that Plavam, this boat is used and let's see what the translation goes So here it is said the human body which can award all benefit in life is automatically obtained by the laws of nature although it is very rare achievement human life is not so easy to get it's very very rare out of 84 lakh species you are getting getting human form is very very rare so this human body can be compared to a perfectly constructed boat having the spiritual master as the captain and the instructions of the personality of Godhead as favorable winds impelling it on its course considering all these advantages a human being who does not utilize his human life to cross the ocean of material existence must be considered the killer of his own soul. Such a wonderful shloka. Just see. So here in the Srimad Bhagavatam it is said this human body is a perfectly constructed boat. So you already, you, me and everybody here, humans, have this very sophisticated boat, this machine. 
and if you can get a spiritual master in this human form then that is like having the captain who can row this boat of yours not just that and on top of that from the spiritual master if you can get the transcendental instructions of krishna that is what you are reading now you are getting from the bhagavad gita that is like the favorable winds impelling it on its course so you have the spiritual master shila prabhupada and then you also have the favorable winds the instructions of the bhagavad gita so all this is impelling your body this boat towards the spiritual life and if you don't take advantage of this then you are actually the killer of your own soul see such a powerful statement krishna has made in the bhagavad gita and the bhagavad so it's very beautiful isn't it we are so fortunate in that sense we have got this human body we have got spiritual master like shila prabhupada then we have this instructions of the bhagavad gita what more it's just that we have to make an attempt okay come on let's get into this boat this plavam it's very very rare durlabham it is durlabha but we have got so let's not waste this opportunity otherwise we will be killer of our own soul that's the greatest sin that we can commit now after understanding this spiritual life after coming in contact with bhagavad gita we are trying to understand if you go back to this material world and forget this knowledge then i think that is the most greatest misfortune of our life we should not give up on the bhagavad gita right so very nice krishna has explained so krishna is saying that uh, he will destroy all the papa but it is not prarabdha uh, it is only your sanchit karma and it is your aghami karma so let's see what krishna is going to say in the next verse so next verse is also very interesting so vinod ji let's uh, give you a chance now so you can unmute yourself and let's chant the next verse and that is verse number 37 so very interesting verse krishna is saying let's chant this yatayam si samidognir yatayam si samidognir okay i was trying to go with the previous tune let me correct it again यतय धामसी समीदोग्निर यतय धामसी समीदोग्निर भस्मसात कुरुते अर्जुना भस्मसात सत्कुरुते अर्जुना ज्ञानाग्नि सर्व कर्माणी ज्ञानाग्नि सर्व कर्माणी भस्मसात कुरुते तथा भस्मसात कुरुते तथा once again ट्रांसलेशन बै ऑफ As the blazing fire turns firewood to ashes, so Arjuna, so does the fire of knowledge burn to ashes all reactions to material activities. 
Yes, wonderful. Thank you. Now, this is also so nice and interesting. Just see the kind of word, the choice of word Krishna is making. So, in the previous verse, Krishna said that this jnana, transcendental knowledge, is a boat and it has to move on the ocean. And here Krishna is saying that this transcendental knowledge, jnana, is actually fire. Now, very interesting, what does the fire do? Jnana agni sarva karmani bhasmasat kurute tata So, when the firewood catches fire, the firewood is completely burned into ashes. The fire turns the firewood into ashes. So Krishna is saying this transcendental knowledge is like fire, jnanagni. It is a fire of knowledge and it will burn all your karma. What karma? Your sanchit karma and your agami karma will be burnt away to ashes. Just see, that is the power of this transcendental knowledge. So right now, all of you, when you are listening to this talk, as we are discussing Bhagavad Gita, as a speaker, gradually, I am burning some of my past karma, and you as a listener are also burning some of your past karma. This is the power. These few shlokas that we have already discussed has already burned a little bit of your karma. It's very powerful. Little bit of your Sanjit karma and little bit of your Agami karma. Very, very powerful. So, just let's compare these both verses. So, in the previous verse, when Krishna compared the transcendental knowledge to be a boat, so there the karma, the prarabdha karma was compared to the ocean. Right? Now, the boat, the boat always traverses on the water. The boat cannot actually traverse without the water, right? So, it means that this is the shukshma. It's a very subtle meaning of this shloka. Krishna doesn't speak simply like that. So, there is a boat and there is the ocean. This is your karma and this is transcendental knowledge, the boat. So, when you are actually traversing, you have to traverse through the ocean and this ocean is actually the prarabdha karma. You have to face, you cannot escape this prarabdha karma. You have to, in the boat of a transcendental knowledge, you have to traverse this prarabdha karma, this ocean of prarabdha karma. Good, bad, ugly, everything. This prarabdha karma allotted to you, this ocean has to be traversed. You cannot escape this ocean. Now, in this shloka, when Krishna is comparing transcendental knowledge to fire, here, Fire turns everything to ashes now. Your karma actually represents the fire root. This jnanagni is there. There is this jnanagni and there is this fire root. Fire root is your karma. This jnanagni burns all your karma, that is sanchit karma and aghami karma. So Krishna can burn all these karma so that we can reach him. So that we can reach it. So it's a yagna, it is a tapas that we are doing. It's not an ordinary thing. So we have to take full advantage 
of this uh, study of Bhagavad Gita. That's why we are not simply going through Bhagavad Gita. We are studying Bhagavad Gita. Why are we studying Bhagavad Gita? We could have actually completed Bhagavad Gita in 18 days. One chapter per session. It's not very difficult. Actually, we can do that. 18 days you can finish. 18 sessions you can finish Bhagavad Gita. No big deal. But we are studying Bhagavad Gita because we want to purify ourselves. We can have an overview also, but if you can study Bhagavad Gita in detail like this, studying Bhagavad Gita deeply, that is the process which purifies us. That is when the Jnanagni will get ignited. Right? So these discussions will really help all of us. So we should give a full chance to Krishna to purify us. So this is what Krishna has explained in this. So in the 37th, uh, 36th shloka, Transcendental knowledge was actually uh, bought in 37th, it was Vinayanagni, it was fire. So let's go and chant the 38th word. So Dev, you can unmute yourself and let's chant the next word. So let's chant verse number 38. Nahi sadrusham Pavistram vidyate Pavitram eva vidyate Tat yoga samsiddhaha Kale natmani vindati Let's do that once again Nahi jnane na satrasham Pavitram eva vidyate Tatswayam yoga samsiddha. Tatswayam yoga samsiddha. Kale natmani vindati. Kale natmani vindati. Yes, wonderful. Please read the translation by yourself. In this world, there is nothing so sublime and pure as transcendental knowledge. Such knowledge is the mature proof of all mysticism and one who has achieved this enjoys the self within himself in due course of time. Hare Krishna. Wonderful. Very nice. So what is this knowledge actually? It is the mature fruit of all mysticism. All the different yoga and everything that you are doing, whatever spiritual process that you do and you follow, but the ultimate the fruit of such activity, such tapasya, is actually this transcendental knowledge. Now what is transcendental knowledge? The transcendental knowledge means I am a spirit soul, Krishna is the Supreme Lord and I have a relationship with that Supreme Lord. So that is called transcendental knowledge. Only when you think about the relationship with the Supreme Lord, that is transcendental knowledge. Very, very important. Now, let's understand. So this is very interesting. Nahi jnane nesadrasham pavitram iha vidyate. Now, pavitram, pavitram means pure. But we have this impure material body. Material body which is made up of five elements. Earth, water, fire, air, ether. Now, just by taking bath, do you think we will become pavitra. 
No, by coming in contact with this five elements, we don't become purified. It is not so. Now you take for example a turtle or a fish. All the time it is inside the water. It is all always surrounded by water. Do you think you can call the uh, fish as very pure? No. It is there in the water all the time. Do you think that it is pure? No, it is not pure. What about the frogs? You know, most of the time they are also croaking from one place to another place. They are also in the water. Do you think the frogs are pure in nature? No, the frogs are also not pure. What about the trees? You know, the trees are in the open air. And actually, wind purifies. You know, for most of the silk clothes, you don't have to wash silk clothes. You just have to dry them in the air. Just by the air, the silk clothes will get purified. But whereas cotton and other material, they need, they get purified by water. But silk, you don't have to actually wash them. Just by keeping it in the air, the flow of wind purifies silk clothes. Now the trees are always constantly exposed to the wind. Do you think the trees are actually pure in nature? Are they pavitra? No, no, no. They are not pavitra. What about iron? Now iron is a dull matter. And when you keep the iron rod into the fire, now fire is very, very purifying, right? Anything that you put into fire, fire purifies. That's the nature of fire. Just by keeping the iron rod in the fire, do you think the iron rod will get purified? Can it be called as Pavitra? No, it cannot be called as Pavitra. Why, they, why the fishes, the frogs, the trees, the iron, they are not Pavitra, although they are coming in contact with these five elements which can purify them, they are not called Pavitra because they do not have this transcendental knowledge because they do not have this spiritual knowledge. That's why just by purifying yourself with these five elements, you will not become purified. We will not become purified. Just see, this word pavitra means pavana. Pavana means to purify. You are clean. Not just that, pavi. Pavi means vajrayuda. Vajrayuda, that Indra has Vajrayuda. Pavi also uh, means Vajrayuda. Tra. Tra means protection. Now, Pavitra means that which gives you protection. So, this Jnana, this transcendental knowledge actually gives you protection. Please understand. You should never underestimate the power of this Divya Jnana. Any time you are in trouble, many times when we are in pain, this transcendental knowledge gives us protection, my dear devotees. Never, never forget this. You should have full confidence that this knowledge will give you protection. It is not just giving you knowledge of what is right and wrong, but you should also have the confidence that this knowledge will give you full protection. There is a lot of things that you can acquire through this transcendental knowledge. Now, for example, you know, we have this uh, uh, example of Shaubari Muni. Now, Shaubari Muni was a great yogi and he was doing tapasya inside the water. He was under the ocean, inside the water he is doing tapasya. And when he came out, and uh, that is when he actually expanded 
do you know he expanded himself into 50 chaudhuri munis one chaudhuri muni became 50 because he had to marry the 50 daughters of a king so he expanded himself into 50 that's the power how he could expand because divya gnana they are great tapasvis of course they use that for some material benefit but i'm just saying this transcendental knowledge can give you a lot of power there is another very interesting story about chavanamuni in the shrimad bhagavatam chavanamuni chavanamuni after whom this chavan prash Uh, you all eat this chavan prash right so chavan prash is actually uh, coming from this uh, rishi called chavana rishi chavana rishi is not one who actually found this it is coming from the ashwini kumaras it's a story for another day but i'm just saying chavana muni was doing tapasya once in the jungle and while doing tapasya his whole body was covered with antil completely and this little uh, girl the daughter of a king sukanya sukanya was also and the king and all his entourage was passing through the forest and sukanya got little excited and she wanted to uh, go and uh, explore the forest a little while they were resting and there she sees this anthill and from inside the anthill there are two bright lights coming out so she saw oh what is this and she was little kiddish and then she took this uh, stick and she pierced this uh two holes and actually uh, chavanamuni was inside and this stick actually pierced the eyes of chavanamuni and then blood started oozing out those bright light actually turned to be the eyes of chavanamuni but when she pierced the blood started oozing out she became very fearful so now what happened later on was i will not explain the whole story but through this transcendental knowledge Chavan Muni, who was so old and fragile, he could rejuvenate his body back. He got back his eyes just by the knowledge, the power of the knowledge that he had, the vijnana that he had. What I'm trying to say here, this knowledge can give you siddhis that you want, transcendental knowledge, the vijnana that once you acquire can actually help you and also protect you from all the dangers in life. so that is why this process of understanding bhagavad gita is so fruitful it is going to give us an understanding of what is right and wrong at the same time it will protect us from greatest danger so this we should have faith that the knowledge of the bhagavad gita will protect us from greatest danger so we don't even know many times as per our karma previous karma we are supposed to uh, come across some great difficulty in our life but right now since last one year just because you are reading bhagavad gita so much of this sanchit karma that was there all the previous karma was there has been destroyed and due to that the dynamics of karma change many problems are evaded just by understanding bhagavad gita so this is protecting you already just that we don't know because even before the problem has come and hit you this knowledge of the bhagavad gita has protected you you didn't even see the problem so that faith we should have so every moment krishna is protecting us that is how it is so we should never underestimate the power of these and krishna is saying that perfection will come tat swayam yoga samsiddha काले नाथ मनी विंदती काले नाथ मनी 
in the due course of time you will achieve perfection so this perfection will happen but time is a factor we all have to respect the power of time now no doubt we can finish bhagavad gita in 18 days but we are going through this bhagavad gita and studying bhagavad gita it may take some time but this will give you perfection instead of just imagine instead of 18 sessions of bhagavad gita which could still give you benefit imagine you are studying bhagavad gita for years and understanding bhagavad gita for years it is going to purify and a great investment all of you please understand lifetime after lifetime we have just forgotten and ignored krishna for so many times so much of time now we have got a chance this few years of investment in understanding the instructions of krishna is a great thing can help you and make you fully confident and you can escape this material world you have to climb you already climbed the boat of uh, uh, transcendental knowledge and the gnanagni is also burning all the previous karma what a fortune that we have who can do this please understand we cannot burn our karma on our own it is only by the mercy of the spiritual master and krishna and fortunately we have come in contact with both of them so never never become complacent never slacken into your sadhana of pranipata pariprasna and sevaya don't ignore them this has to be done repeatedly day after day so this is what we have covered today 35 36 37 and 38 so we have covered four shlokas and in the next session we will be completing chapter 4 so we will have verse number 39 40 41 42 so that we will cover in the next session so now i open up for q and a and if you have questions please feel free to ask so anybody listening on uh, YouTube as well as here on StreamYard, please feel free to ask questions. So Hina Mataji has a question. So Prabhuji, what is the role of fear in our life? Is everything predestined, so no need to fear, or do we change our destiny to some extent by our reactions to the circumstances we receive? How should we ideally handle our fears? Now. we should understand the root cause of fear is ignorance because we are ignorant of things because we are not knowledgeable the lack of knowledge brings us fear for example a student the student is fearful of exams because he has not gained the knowledge but if a student has actually gained the knowledge then there is no fear he will be excited to write the exams right so what is the difference now the difference is the having the knowledge and not having the knowledge when we don't have knowledge that is when fear comes so when a person gets this transcendental knowledge oh i am not this body i am a spirit soul just even understanding this theoretically that i am the soul will take away most of our fears in life many many fears will just vanish just because you have now understood that you are not going to die because the root cause of all the fear is the fear of death now when you know that oh i am not going to die i am a spirit soul the only the body is going to die that's a great relief that will take away so much of fear in fact that is what happened to me when the first time i got to know that i am a spirit soul so much of fear vanished 
so that is what our material conditioning creates fear now coming to your point what is the role of fear fear is required yes sometimes it is required for example just imagine a person he has no fear but he is actually walking on the cliff he is on the edge of the cliff he can fall any time that's if you don't have fear you will not be alert so sometimes fear can be used as an alarm so if you don't have that's a positive fear it's good to have fear when you are walking on a cliff otherwise you may lose your valuable human life so krishna also has given this uh, fear inbuilt fear so that we don't uh, commit some extreme things like many, many people they do this bungee jumping and uh, uh, they take up some extreme sports no you know many times many people leave they actually give up their life they die because of these things so fear is required but that fear should be for your uh, protection fear should not be for losing everything that you have but fear is for protecting uh, your spiritual life so some just like i gave an example of uh, a person climbing walking on a cliff he need to have fear if he, if he doesn't have fear then he may actually do something wrong without fear he may actually go out, uh, go and die so fear is essential sometimes but not the fear which comes out of ignorance fear out of ignorance is not good now fear of losing dharma is essential now i also feel or have the fear of losing the association of devotees what if i am not in the association of devotees oh what a great loss it is that fear is there that spiritual fear should be there devotees have this kind of fear what if i go out i don't get prasadam and i have to eat bhoga uh, that is the fear the devotees have what if uh, uh, i am on the path of the spiritual life but maya comes and attacks me and then i give away the uh, spiritual process if i don't chant that is a fear so fear is required it is having a definitely some role in our life but you should distinguish what kind of a fear it is is it coming out of knowledge or is it coming out of ignorance so is everything predestined so no need to fear no there is certain thing that is predestined certain amount of your quota in your life the major aspects are uh, happiness and distress is predestined because that is your prarabdha karma but destiny can be changed that is why spiritual life is very dynamic prabhupad once he said some of his disciples had come to i think it was gwalior they were in gwalior and uh, his american disciples went to a pharmacist and the pharmacist saw the lines and said that uh, actually some of the past events they had and uh, also the future so they were very happy oh this pharmacist is expert he told all our past and present and future they went and told prabhupad prabhupad you see that this uh, person was so expert he could tell our past events and prabhupad said don't worry just by clapping your hands in the kirtan your lines will change that means you can change your destiny when you come and take the spiritual process so when you start chanting the holy name when you start following the process the spiritual process your destiny will change because krishna is all powerful all this papa karma that we have committed is definitely powerful but not as powerful as krishna krishna is powerful than the sins so he can change our destiny so this is the power of a devotee 
So Krishna in fact uses your karma, even your prarabdha karma to take you closer to him. For a devotee, when he is facing his prarabdha karma, the allotted happiness and distress, Krishna uses that prarabdha karma so that the devotee becomes more attached to Krishna. That is how Krishna will arrange situations. So it is very dynamic, spiritual life is very dynamic. But a person, a normal person outside who is not into spirituality, into Krishna consciousness, he has to or he will be forced by the laws of karma to experience sorrow and happiness as per the karma. That is predestined. He cannot change. Anybody who is not Krishna conscious cannot change his karma. He has to be forced by the laws of nature. So that is one thing about the destiny. So our reactions can change and circumstances Krishna will create so that you become purified. Many times the difficulties in our life are for our purification. Pandavas, great devotees, how many problems, Kunti Maharani, such a great devotee, so much of turbulation, going into the forest, their wife was disrobed and disrespected and uh, problems after problems after problems. They were devotees. But Krishna used their prarabdha karma to purify them and glorify them and make them great uh, in the end. So ultimately all the problems will lead to great fame and devotion if we are into Krishna consciousness. For a devotee there is no pain, no happiness. He is not disturbed by it. Just like the Pandavas. Even in the forest they were actually happy. In fact they were more happy in the forest because they were in the association of 80,000 plus saints and sages, they had Akshay Patra, they could feed thousands of people and no anxiety from this Duryodhana and all those people, evil people. So they were really happy in the forest. So many times for a devotee, even the problem, so-called problem, turns into a blessing. So that is how we should understand. So circumstances are temporary mothers. No material circumstances is permanent. So that is why we should stick on to Krishna who is permanent, the spiritual process which is permanent, the instructions of the spiritual master which is permanent, absolute. So because of this, we should not get disturbed by the temporary circumstances. Because today the problem is there, after some time it will vanish. So we need to stick on to our Krishna consciousness and the karma will be taken care of. So I hope that answers your question. And Rachutanji also has, Prabhuji, so, need clarity on connection between sacrifice and the work we do. So, any work we do is karma. But, any karma or work you do for the pleasure of Krishna, that is yajna, sacrifice. So, any work that you do and you add Krishna into it, and for the pleasure of Krishna, that becomes sacrifice. But if you do work and you say that, oh, I am the doer and the result, because I have worked and I have got these results, I will only enjoy the results, then that will bind you into more and more complexities. There is a reaction. But, oh, this strength that I am doing work is given by Krishna, so I will use this energy for the pleasure of Krishna and I will also utilize the result, some of it, if not full, some of it, for the pleasure of Krishna, then it becomes sacrifice. 
you are doing it for the pleasure of Krishna. So what happens when you do sacrifice, that is you will not be bound into this chain of action and reaction. You are becoming free. So your action, your work is actually becoming a tool for liberation. So when you are working and you are working for the pleasure of Krishna, your work itself is taking you closer to liberation. So now you decide. You want to work for yourself and enjoy yourself all the results that you have acquired and get bound into this material world or you want to instead work for the pleasure of Krishna and then move ahead towards liberation. The choice is yours. Just karma will bind you but yagna will liberate you. So the choice is yours. So this is how sacrifice will uh, liberate us. Otherwise, next body is definitely given to you. If you simply work or do work, okay, it may be a good work. But good work means you will get a good body. But good bodies also has to go through birth, old age, disease and death. The same repetition of birth, death cycle. So that is why an intelligent person, oh, I am anyway working, why not work for Krishna? Because he is the one who will pull me out of the cycle of birth and death. And that is the ultimate purpose of Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Sarva dharmam paritajya, maam ekam sharanam raja, aham tvam sarva papebhyo, mokshashyami maashitaha. Krishna is saying, Sarva dharmam paritajya, give up all this so many so-called works that you have taken up. All types of works, dharma, you give it up. Husband dharma, wife dharma, professional dharma, that dharma, this dharma, so many dharmas that we have give up all just accept me that I will moksha shyami now that is how sacrifice sacrifice means working for the pleasure of Krishna so I hope that answers your question